back to Love and Meets with Naila Al-Khaja, a top UAE Emirati film director. Her movies break taboo on societal issues, so not only are they horrifying, they also bring up important conversation. She was a shining star on the show this morning. And so if you are not subscribed to the Love and Meets podcast, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love and Dubai show. Today's guest is Naila Al-Khaja. She is the first female director in the UAE, renowned for her captivating work in both movies and commercials. Her latest movie has just dropped in cinemas across the GCC and MENA region. She's here to tell us why it will freak you out. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yay, thank you for having me. We're delighted to have you on. Yes, we are. We actually are. And I have a lot of questions because like usually, you know, like with horror films, we do see that it's often a male who wrote it. So if you can tell us more about your movie and just like the details. Thank you for asking that because most people are under the impression that women only do films about a woman and, you know, rom-coms or just like traditional dramas. But I'm all about the genre. Very <laughs> intense, crazy, psychotic <laughs> genre. And you know, how many times have you heard this expression? Oh my God, she's batshit crazy. Excuse my language. But <laughs> that means we can create those stories that are from that category, I think, right? Yeah, it is. It is, which is amazing. I'm coming across as really mad. No, <laughs> it's not at all. all. It's fine. <laughs> it's in t- I haven't seen the whole movie. I will. Uh, the trailer is intense. It's horrifying. And it seems, I don't think, have been produced in this region before. Correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Yes. So what goes in to making this type of movie? So basically, just to put it in context, it's a cross-cultural, uh, cross-cultural uh, psychological drama slash some people call it horror um, because it's the horror of the mother and the intensity of the events that falls in her life while she watches her son go through this turbulence of, um, you know, mental health or mental breakdown, let me say, where it's been interpreted as he's, you know, obviously gone through what a lot of cultures believe in, the superstition and, you know, uh, evil eye. I'm not sure if your cultures have that, but do you do? Yeah. So it's probably everywhere, right? Uh, Versus uh, logic, science and medicine. and healing through uh, traditional uh, senses. So it's like two worlds battling each other. And some people are saying, no, he's you know, obviously possessed. And the other one are like, no, he's obviously going through a slight case of schizophrenia. But one thing I have to tell you girls, the boy is going to freak you out. <laughs> he did in the, in the short clip that I saw, he did. Like, I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> you know, a little like kiss to the nurse. He's like, and then he goes, oh, sorry. That's <laughs> But the, the beauty is that uh, I'm very, very proud of the cast that we found for the film three. Please go watch it in the cinema. Please watch it. And it is incredible to see first time. Yeah. I mean, this gives hope to a lot of people. First time um, actors from the UAE who are like now on a big silver screen in seven countries and over 100 cinemas. That's a massive achievement to everyone who's worked on this film. But moreover, to have, let's say, Jefferson Hall from Oppenheimer, Halloween, a lot of big films. He has a massive portfolio working alongside Emirati actors and also non-Emirati actors. You know, he actually in one of the scenes, he pulled me on the side and he said, where did you find this kid? He's killing me. He's killing me in a good sense. Like, you know, like he's literally like pushing the envelope here. And honestly, my, my hat my hat goes, uh, like, you know, we say that expression uh, comes uh, down for all the wonderful performances that we have seen in the film. Amazing. 
So you've mentioned that uh, you talk about in the movie about like, you know, like some people think it's evil eye, some people think it's he's possessed yes. and so on. And of course, it's in my culture and of course in everyone in your <laughs> culture and in your culture as well, in everyone's culture, right? So, of course, what is one message that you had when creating the movie? So my message is don't rush when you have someone that's really ill in your family because it's not to be taken very lightly. And please don't listen to a lot of uh, different, as the boy would say it actually, voices of others trying to kind of um, sway you from the route that you have taken. So definitely take the medic, you know, the take the medical route first, because I know it's really uh, taboo for a lot of people to say that they have a mentally um, challenged person at home which you know mental illness comes in many different layers and many different degrees and there are a lot of different diagnoses so they shouldn't give up and really go under the skin of that because if they immediately take the the religious route which i understand and i respect a lot of people believe and they want to do that but what can that that can actually exasperate and that can actually make the situation worse for a lot of children and this is based on a true story where you know they didn't exhaust the medical um, pathway first and if you speak to a lot of uh, muslim religious scholars they will tell you the same thing that 98 to 99% that's a huge percent that's almost every other case of these cases are medically are medical cases. They're not, um, you know, some kind of jinn who enters your body. It's not that easy. But it's amazing how people immediately jump to that conclusion and sometimes subject children, like literally go and through, go through a very aggressive, intensive, um, psychotic, like, uh, sorry, episodes where they might come out of it even more uh, harmed and more like, might look even more deranged because of the the pathway that you chose. So please exhaust the medical pathway first before you jump into other um, sources. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's a horror, it's a psychological drama, but yeah. of course, it's, do you intentionally mean to highlight potentially uh, harmful um, issues in society Yes. Yeah, so this is, you guys are asking me all the best questions. I have to say, love in Dubai, is, I'm loving it. Like all the good ones, the juicy ones. Yes, because these are important questions, correct. So my idea, like most of my films highlight societal issues, especially like taboo topics, but in a package of entertainment so that the masses can watch it, the masses debate them, and they all have an open ending. So when you walk out, you'll start debating, you know, was he this, was he that? And it just opens room for dialogue. So even my other films have the same kind of like, um, uh, it lends the same kind of plate to you. So it has these nuances and it, it really encourages uh, conversations and debates, which is very healthy mm -hmm. because usually we don't talk about these things. So when you bring out this topic, I, it's amazing how many people have DM'd me in private saying, oh my God, you know, my cousin's going through this or my sister's going, and I don't take this lightly because it's happened, you know, it's happened in front of me, it's happened in front of a lot of people, and we just have to accept that the body gets sick, the mind also gets sick, and we need to find the right pathway to treat these um, individuals, whether they're adults or children. But, of course, I package it in an entertaining way because in, in the end of the day, it's a movie, and I want like a mass audience to watch it, but without disrespecting the topics. So I was extremely careful on how it was handled from A to Z. So you know, like, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so you know how, like, you'd mentioned that you know you do tackle some taboo topics, yes. right? And of course, you are one of the few first women to direct a movie, and and 
the Arab culture, technically, if you talk about taboo topics, you are, let's say, oh, it's like, oh, you're not allowed to. It's called like either hayb, which is like not allowed. Or haram. Or haram, <laughs> which is like forbidden. And did you have like any, I would say, um, people that sit in your way like, oh, don't talk about it. Don't mention it because people will think like, oh, um, you've gone through it or something like that. Because we hear that a lot. Mm, not to me personally. Like mm-hmm. I didn't experience that myself. Um, but what I, I experienced the opposite. Like when you do put it in a movie, in a story, people tend to open up more. They feel like, oh, she spoke, then I can talk. And it becomes more a collective energy as opposed to one person outing themselves. And I think that's what really supports the idea of speaking about these, um, about these topics for sure. Yeah. Can we rewind a little bit yeah. to just learn a little bit more about you and how you entered the, let's say, male-dominated movie scene? Um, what was that journey like for you? Well, to begin with, I want to do a little drum roll because... Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, was, I found out yesterday that the film is, uh, has also opened uh, its doors in Alexandria, Cairo, and it's the first, wow. first female-directed film ever to be in Egypt. Amazing. And, and a lot of... Thank you so much. Yeah. And first time ever to be... in Saudi, so KSA, um, gracing their cinemas as well. So for me, that's a massive milestone where now we are in seven countries and hopefully hopefully very soon in Asia. So we are really trying to push this because, again, I really stress this. This film is not just for Emiratis. It's for expats. It's a cross-culture, like 60% of it is in English, so people do find it easy to follow the Arabic parts because subtitled. And obviously having Jefferson Hall gives it that... kind of international flair where it's really for everyone. It's not just for locals. I started, as you asked me before, um, this wasn't, um, you know, and I, it's not for the faint of heart for sure. It needs a lot of patience to be in this field. It's super, extremely hard to break the glass ceiling, but I'm so glad I did start a long time ago. So for those who give up after two years, remember it took me 22 years. I know that um, people like would throw terminologies like, oh, she's pioneering. And this was like 10 years ago and 20 years ago. You know, um, there's never a time where I thought I've reached. There's always, always, I always think I just, you know, I'm just starting. So with every project, I'm just starting. And this is for me, again, the beginning. And it's funny how many times I've said that over two decades. So it just gives you the, I wouldn't say the illusion, but it gives you the motivation to go on and go stronger each time. And I'm also super excited to say that I have two shorts on Netflix, which is also another big milestone. Um, So if you do like the bizarre and the horrors, so yeah. (laughs) It's It's actually very exciting. Actually, it's very exciting. But let's step away from your movie. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm sure it's 100%. I'm sure that it's filled with uh, messages and it's amazing. But you have as well directed TV commercials, yes. like Nike, Mercedes. Tell yeah, that's that. that's a very good. Uh, oh my God, guys, you guys are killing me with a good question. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> this is <laughs> a lot of good research. But for sure, um, so this is how I was able to sustain myself as an artist, um, as someone who I do. I paint. You know, I love painting, so that's my background. So I do all on canvas, and a lot of people don't know this. I used to have a gallery. I sold paintings, but this is my beginning of my career. And that was kind of parallel with filmmaking. And But I'm like, okay, I need to earn a living. And this was the best way to learn, to be constantly on set and to shoot commercials. So directing for those big brands, I, I'm so grateful for them. And I don't know if I'll ever do it again because I stopped and I'm just doing narrative work now. But that taught me the... fiscal side of the business it taught me a lot about marketing it taught me a lot like a holistic approach to just uh, 
creating uh, stories um, by having, because sometimes you can have a commercial where you're shooting only three days and it's the same budget of a feature film. Obviously, they have massive budgets, mm. right? Yeah. So the pressure is intense. The clients are really brutal. Um, you know, I've had some really, really incredible, I have survived this set kind of t-shirts <laughs> after yeah. doing them. But very good, hard, uh, you know, hardcore lessons of life, which I was able to shift uh, my work ethic into, um, you know, the long format. And that's why when I do work with different, like now I have... Oh yes, breaking news. I finally got signed up by a management company in the UK. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Good job. Um, Zero Gravity, big shout out to them. Nice. So now they are like literally bringing um, scripts to me to consider, um, you know, that I get to pitch for directing. So that's super cool. It's amazing. And you mentioned long format. And obviously, uh, in the last number of years, we've seen bigger budget long format movies coming to the UAE, Dune, Mission Impossible, and things like that. That's coming from Hollywood. Yes. What are your thoughts on the Hollywood movies choosing um, to come here? And how do you think that will impact the movie scene in the UAE? Uh, so basically, ground root cinema is extremely important. And this is where we desperately lack an infrastructure. And you can tell that cinema is not a priority yet. Hopefully, it will come. Now, Servicing Bollywood, Hollywood, etc., is good because it brings, you know, it it kind of gets all the crew members working, it pumps the money in the economy and whatnot. But I really feel like if the if ground root cinema was created in a way where it becomes robust, where we are creating the content now and we are like you know exporting that elsewhere, um, literally what you're doing is you're creating ambassadors. Uh, through storytelling for the UAE and not just for locals but expats alongside and this is where you really see the arts and culture coming through the power of storytelling is when we have our own cinema and celebrating our own kind of our you know work and this was not an easy ordeal if it wasn't for uh, three people actually it's a pun but you know the film is called three but those three people actually believed in me the first one to believe in me in the sense that um, it's a woman so yay so big shout out to Muna al Gurk who Pretty, you know, she put the first dollar in to develop the script for three. Um, and then Sultan Al Dermaki also supported all of my films <laughs> from The Shadow Three to the next one, Bob. And then Sadar Tucker, who had nothing to do with filmmaking, he <laughs> is into the perfumery business, but is so in love with storytelling, is trying out. This is his first film with me as well, and he might make more movies. So if you're listening to this, you know someone who's extremely talented, who really needs a break into storytelling. Maybe you will be the person that will give them their first break and hence their wings will start, you know, like soaring in the sky and we'll get to see some amazing voices from the region and not just, you know, the same old cliche of Hollywood and Bollywood, which I'm not saying is bad. There's some really good stuff coming out of there. But let's be honest, we need those. We need fresh uh, voices from the Middle East and specifically from the UAE, don't you think? Of course, 100%. I mean, at this point when... um, you know, like the movie came out and uh, an Emirati, like let alone a woman, but an Emirati woman has directed it. It just like created a whole, uh, I would say, buzz in the Emirati world specifically because, you know, we hear like names like um, the Lebanese name, yes. Nadine Lebaki yeah. and so on. But, you know, like having an Emirati woman um, direct a horror movie. Did you like, I would say, did you have like a vision What was the process? How did you have like a vision of like, I want this scene to look like this and this scene to look like that? So do you have a vision? Um, I have a, a clear, like a very clear way of directing in the sense that each film has a sketch 
So when I have, for instance, with this film, to me, it was a funnel. So we start with very, uh, you know, an open lens, lots of light coming in, and then it gets darker and darker, and it literally looks like a funnel. So I sketch my films first. So for example, with uh, my next film, Bob, everything is a reflection. So it's a parallel world where it folds. So everything folds within itself. The mountain, it's about a twin sister, the twins fold, the, the house is exactly symmetrical, so it literally folds. So everything is sketched where it just starts like, you know, flipping. Even the word B-A-A-B can flip on itself. So everything, I guess, that could be, if, if you want to call it the vision of the film. So yes, there is, a in my mind, a structure where I take that initial sketch and then build on that. That becomes my foundation for each film. So I start with sketching the, the films first, it if that makes so any sense. It is so interesting to hear the grassroots of these stories. It really is. <sighs> We are running out of time. <coughs> Very shortly, um, I agree there's a lot of storytelling to be done in the region. People who are trying to break the glass ceiling, anyone out there, do you have um, one piece of advice that you wish you had at the beginning of your journey? Yes. Don't listen to anyone. Volunteer on set if you want to get into storytelling. Really, it takes time. Uh, some people got their first break in 25 years. It's really, it will test you to the end of your core. But if you really meant for this, you will find your way. And guess what? Today we are, ent we've entered the third week of the film. And it's people like you that keeps it, like, literally running in the cinema. So if you haven't seen three, please go out there and support, and, you know, support local um, artwork. And please be wowed by the performances of my actors. I'm just so proud of them. <laughs> Amazing. I actually have goosebumps for you. Uh, three is now available across the GCC and MENA region, seven countries, and more to come. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Love in Dubai, for asking the best question today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Masad Hashab, for helping that as well. Bye.